This episode is part of our five-episode coverage of the 2019 Tribeca Film Festival. Enjoy. This is Naaman and Narvina Movie Reviews. Now we're going to talk about the film 17 Blocks. 17 Blocks is a documentary, and it follows the life of a family living in Washington, D.C. from 1999 to the late 2010s. And after a terrible night, the lives of this of all the family members in this family change dramatically. I'm not going to say how, but they change. Mm-hmm. That's really the best I could say. It's kind of like a reality show over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But it's the tone of it is very serious and you can relate to it right. a lot more. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, I pointed out it was three children and I pointed out each one of them. I saw my brothers and I in each one of them, you know, loosely, but here and there. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, I felt like it felt like our family, too. So strange that we both thought. And we saw this as separate screenings. Not at not as it wasn't so loose, but it wasn't as total, but it was very familiar. Yes, it was very familiar. And I was just like, whoa. And it was a mess. And then I was like, oh, we were, our family wasn't that much of a mess, but it was a mess. Yeah. So it doesn't, to me, it didn't start off where it looked like, oh, this family is a mess. It just kind of looked like a family in the hood trying Mm -hmm. to make it, do what they need to do to make it. But then as the story kept going on and on and you learn more about it. So to break down the story, well, the family, there's an older brother, um, a little brother, and then a sister. I think she lands She's in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah. And then uh, they're raised by a single mom. Right. And it's all these reasons that I really want to go into, but I kind of feel like you have to see this film to you really appreciate how they this break down how the mom is who she yeah. is, how the brother is who he is. Mm-hmm. It was really incredible. Uh, the younger brother, his name was Emmanuel, and to me, he was bright spot in the family. He was you. It, I kind of related to him quite well, a bit. Well, that's what I saw. Like, when he was a kid, I was like, oh, that's like Naaman. Yeah, the cutest kid growing up, and you see him grow up into an adult, and it's just the most, it, it just fills you up, just mm-hmm. seeing his journey. Uh, then the older brother... His name was Akil, but they called him Smurf. Okay, good. I'm glad you remember the names. Yes. And he was kind of like a troublemaker in some ways, mm-hmm. doing his own but thing. But wasn't a terrible person. Yeah, wasn't a he terrible just, person. You know, yeah. Wrong crowd, wrong influence. He did some things, but he really... He meant well. He, I, not all the time, because it was one scene where I was like, okay, why is he doing this? Oh, well, yeah. But I also saw some of you in him, too. But I also saw a lot of our older brother in him. What? You saw some... He was really clean. He was just cleaning up everything. No, I was even... I didn't see myself. No, not just that part. Like, he was like, oh, y'all so messy. He wasn't particularly clean. Well, I mean, mean... he he wanted to keep things together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, and then there was a younger sister. Do you remember her name? Denise. Denise. And... She was just the girl of the family, you know, like yeah. trying to figure out her place in the world and mm-hmm. life. Yes, yeah, so I really 
just liked seeing her journey too as the sister of the family mm-hmm. going through these decades. And what's really cool about the movie is that since it starts in 1999, you're seeing 1999. Yeah. And that was... It really, I mean, if you're black, you're going to, and you were in that, in the late uh, 1990s, it started in 99, through the 2000s, you're going to, these things are just going to strike such a chord with Mm -hmm. you. Like you see BET, the spring, you see the hosts of BET on there, you see the stuff that they're playing with, Mm -hmm. the sound, the music that's going on and stuff. How camcorders looked. Yeah, how cameras look. It was just nostalgia on 10 yeah big time well my question was who and how and why were they recorded to talk about how that was done one thing that i was nervous about going into this film knowing that the stretch of time was going to be that long was that we're going to see like this year and this year and a little bit from this year and this year Mm -hmm. but something that the director did that was really good is that he Mm -hmm. jumped so yeah you went from the 99. 90s all the way into the 2000s, mm-hmm. and then you jumped straight into the 2010s. Yeah, it was just three, I believe. Yeah. Three Which sections. was important, because mm-hmm. I think if you would have seen these changes within the family happen gradual, mm-hmm. I don't gradually, excuse me, I don't think that it would have had the same impact. Right. Because you would have just been in it with them, right? So you wouldn't see how it much of an impact yeah. their lives, uh, oh. these things that happen in their lives impacted them excuse me for a lack of words i really yes. got off the girl i saw a few people in her like the daughter the middle girl i was like oh she reminds me of my cousin uh m- maybe not quite me but i could see like she wasn't really doing too much craziness she was just trying to do you know decent i think looking at these characters i think if you're just a black person that experienced these time periods yeah you are gonna recognize somebody in these people and that's what it made me do but honestly the mom reminded me a lot of our mom and not by some of the things she did but it wasn't as dramatic but there are remnants but what I really loved about her character is that she can admit what her part was in how the family changed and all the things that it took about (laughs) <laughs> how many it took years? A decade. A decade. But yeah, I would say decades because she knew yeah. even before the movie started that you know she was still like, "I'm doing this. I'm getting mm-hmm. this. We're, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing yeah, this." Yeah. But it still took decades it for took her to decades. finally get to the point where like, enough. I know what I need to do. Right. I don't know. I need to look them up and see what's going on now. So, seventeen blocks. If you're curious about the title, from what I got from it, they weren't very explicit about what it was, yeah, but they kept moving around in this radius of seventeen blocks. In no, Washington, it was DC. seventeen blocks from the uh, Capitol. Oh, from the Capitol. Yeah, that's what it said at okay. the beginning. So it's oh. just seventeen blocks from the Capitol is where they stayed. Oh, cool. But they did move several times. They moved they like are, four or five times. Yeah, in this space, I guess that's seventeen blocks from the Capitol. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, for me, it's a really, really good movie. I highly recommend it, especially if you're black, especially if you were black experienced in the 90s and mm-hmm. the 2000s, which is pretty much anybody listening to this right now. What I took from it more than anything is that it gave, it just filled me up with hope for anything that I wanted to do, any, anything that I want to do, anything that I want to mm-hmm. continue working towards being, 
anything that I want, any changes that I want to make in my life. Like, it's truly never too late to turn around mm-hmm. your entire life or, in their case, mm-hmm. an entire family. You know, Aww. you just see all these people just working to be the best versions of themselves and that's what i took away from it and that's what really inspired me from this film i agree i left out feeling it because it was heavy at some points but i left out with like perspective i just felt clear about a lot of stuff that i'm probably like thinking about now and i was just like okay i guess that could be considered hope but i just was like okay i just left out with perspective i i highly recommend it as well i think you need to see it yeah you never know why people are the way they are and once you right unless you're able to spend time with them and that's what we get to do with this family but that's such a rare thing so right you know you it this movie does leave you like Norvina said with that just on your mind all the time when mm-hmm. you're thinking about why people are the way they are mm-hmm. so yeah 17 blocks highly 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 recommended super highly 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 recommended go see it Now we're going to talk about Devil's Pie. Devil's Pie is a documentary about Michael D'Angelo Archer, better known as D'Angelo, the singer, the hot, sexy singer. And this documentary is about his musical hiatus from 2000 after his number one album, Voodoo, with the hit single Untitled, How Does It Feel? to 2014 with his comeback album black messiah which was my shit well the songs on there really love and betray my heart you should check those out in between it was just talking about his drug addiction depression and all the things he was going through in life how did you feel about it i thought it was cool i just wish that it dug a little deeper that's it like i wish we could know more about his family i wish we could know more about you know, his relationship with Andy, Angie Stone, that was one thing that I was curious about. But he was very vague. You know, yeah, vague about all that. Well, it's because he is at another. We do not deserve him, guys. I was very emotional. Once the opening scene was beautiful, it was just like this this river somewhere in Virginia. I don't know. And then after that, it was just like a boom. And I think it was a concert scene. And I was just like, oh, this man. And not that he's cute, like he's cool, he's cute, but he could just, he's just so talented. I was just really just had a tear, chills, all of it. And it didn't go as deep, but he also said, I just can't go there because it's too much. Yeah, that was one thing that to go back, uh, how talented you're talking about him. I didn't realize how much of a true musical genius he really is. Like this man can really play piano, he could really song, he could really play the guitar too. Yeah, yeah, and he really thinks about a song and because if he's thinking about all these small details like when he was telling Questlove to play sloppy to play sloppy you know that makes the song so uniquely his when you hear a D'Angelo song his voice stamps it but also kind of like the feel of it also what do you call it rhythmic rhythmic I'll just say the feel of it oh but yeah so this was probably no I can't say it's my favorite but I really, really enjoy it. I think it was one of my favorites. I don't really have a favorite because I like a bunch of things, but I love this documentary. I want it. Someone needs to pick it up so I could buy it or some way. I need to see it again. Yeah, I think you really loved it because you're a fan. I wonder if I was as much as a, of a fan of his as you were. Like, I never even heard the Black Messiah album minus the songs that oh, you yeah. play every now and then. Maybe I would feel different about it. But really, all I know about 
D'Angelo are the singles. Brown Sugar, Untitled, How yeah, Does It I Feel, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. I think you should see it if you can. And it was the best. I Hopefully you feel how I felt. I was satisfied. Yeah, I think it's cool that it exists for him. It was necessary. I think he deserved it. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about The weekend. This film is about a woman's journey of getting over her ex, but trying to stay friends with him at the same time and meeting and befriending his new girlfriend. So she decides to take them to her family's bed and breakfast for the weekend. And it just is a mess. It's a, a, a cute, not cute, black, fully black. Every character is black. Love, romance, love, love, lost film. It was cute, but it wasn't like a normal take. It wasn't a two can play that game. It wasn't a Love Jones. It was like a My Best Friend's Wedding. It really had a different twist to it. How do you feel about it? I would say the word that you're probably looking for is just aesthetic and feel. Right. Like the look of it was happier and lighter than most of these black romantic comedy movies. Mm -hmm. Like, truly, if you were to categorize this movie by the look of it, like, the characters, the people who Mm -hmm. are playing it, because they're all black, it will fall into the line of, like, Half Plenty, uh, The Best Man. Yeah, The Best Man. Uh, It will fall into the line of Love Jones, things like this. But those kind of have... The Wood. Yeah, The Wood. But it has this feel where it's kind of like really rich and soulful. Yes. Where then when you think about these romantic comedies that have white characters, like uh, my sister said, when Harry met Sally, it really feels like when Harry met Sally. And then Mm -hmm. it made me think about what it really falls in line with are like the Meg Ryan movies, like Sleepless in Seattle, Seattle and... You've got Mel <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, even like a little bit of Woody Allen movies as well. So, yeah, that's where it's really different because right. you've I guarantee you, you've never seen a black romantic comedy that has the aesthetic of a white romantic comedy. No. And I was expecting like I kept anticipating like it to come out the way I, I saw every black romantic comedy and it didn't. And I was like, oh, that was weird. Like, I left and I was just like, oh, that was different. Like, it just felt instantly different. Yes. And I think part of it is the score. I mean, they have, like, this jazz music, but it's not, like, black jazzy mm-hmm. kind of music. It's kind of, like, white jazzy music. Right. The way that they all talk, they don't talk where they're given, like, for lack of words, I hope this isn't offensive, but, like, an Oreo performance. <laughs> they're very black. <laughs> yeah. but. It's this smart, intellectual black that you're getting from all of them. So, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I I, I don't know if I loved it, loved it. I really enjoyed it, though, because I, I feel like I know a few people. Maybe I've been in a situation like this. And so I was just like, oh. And I, I saw all her ways out of this. It was a mess. I want to talk about the actors. It's a great cast and all of them are really beautiful. Yeah. So you still have this thing where you're watching this movie. It's not shaped like a typical black romantic comedy. But then the way that they look is very black. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. The way they're lit is very black. I think that's important in like film where, 
you know, whether it's day, night, evening, they're mm-hmm. all just lit gorgeously. A negative about it is that it's kind of slow in the middle of it to me. Yeah, it does get slow, but it was it was still fun and a little bit entertaining. Just seeing each character do whatever they were doing. Yeah, it closes nicely for sure. And the last thing about the actors, the guy from Insecure, Yolan, I think that's how you say his name. I have no idea. Is Y apostrophe L-A-N. I believe it's Yolan. It's a cute name. Yeah, dark skinned guy. You know him. The love interest for Issa Rae that she cheated on her boyfriend with in season one. This performance really made me realize like how great of an actor he is yeah. this is the first time where i've seen him in insecure i've seen him in the perch where the one that was on staten island and then now i see him in this and this is the first time where i've seen him like really light you oh, know yeah, and i was yeah, thinking yeah. about those other performances where in insecure he's like not i don't want to say hood boy trying to make it but this really kind of like hip black guy mm-hmm. trying to make it in music and we know this guy in mm-hmm. my head. I see this in uh, the Purge. He's a drug dealer, real rough and tough, right. and he really owns that. And in this film, he's very soft. I can't explain it, but he's yeah. also not a pushover, right? But he like you know uh, walks that thin line with this character, which is really interesting. Just looking me. at it. maybe his name is Elon. It could be. I don't know, but yeah. we don't have to look. I was just saying, but. Yeah, Yeah, I I like the cast a lot. It was a pretty cast. So in closing for me, I think it's a really cute film with a fresh feel for a movie. And it's lighter than any other black romantic comedy that you've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, you should definitely go see it. I think it's a different take. It's fresh. Yeah, I, I don't highly recommend it. But if you just want something new. To kind of experience that you're not expecting, then yeah, I mean, sit on your couch one day and watch this. With your girls. It's fresh. And y'all could just talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. You should see it. That's the weekend. The weekend. That's it for this week. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Naaman and Arvina. We'll see you next week when we review Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Bye. Bye.